0: It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David.
1: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to week 10 of the Grape Encounters Radio quarantine. I have been holed up here in the studio for 10 weeks now with my 18-pound ball of fluff, Henry, who is a multipoo with an attitude who also got a bath last night. I got to tell you, I'm very proud of myself because I am doing things that I generally don't like doing, but I'm actually having a, a good time doing it. I am so caught up with the laundry. I bathe Henry every single week. My house has never been cleaner than it is right now. I'm really pretty much caught up with my work, and I'm even spending a great deal of time in the kitchen, which has really been, I think, the thing that I have enjoyed the most. If you are one of those people who has been given either a sous vide machine or an instant pot, let's say for you know some occasion. Your birthday or Christmas or whatever, and you haven't used it yet. You need to get on the ball. You need to take advantage of this time that you're not able to go out and spend much time in restaurants or doing anything else and really get into cooking. It's the one thing that I've really noticed on social media is that people are just having a great time in the kitchen. And I can say honestly that every single day I cook a fresh and healthy meal and almost everything that I cook, I cook in an instant pot or using my sous vide machine, or I also have an air fryer. And I love them. And it's just so amazing the things that you can make and how delicious they are and how easy it is and how you don't have to mess up a bunch of pots and pans. All right, so what's what's that got to do with wine? Well, it's got plenty to do with wine because you've all seen that meme that says, I love to cook with wine. Sometimes I even put it in the food. There's nothing better than sitting in the kitchen. And if you've got someone you love that you're hold up with, uh, you know, sitting in there and chopping and cooking together, it's a wonderful thing to do with a glass of wine in your hand. So I'm going to encourage you to, to do some cooking. And if you're not familiar with those devices and you have one, just Google, man, because there are so many amazing recipes. I just can't begin to tell you. It's a great thing to have fun with while you are in quarantine. If you do not have a sous vide device, and if I'm throwing you for a loop when I say sous vide, it's just a cylindrical device, not as wide as a wine bottle. And it's got a little propeller at the bottom that circulates water and a heating element. And it controls heat very carefully. And you just attach it to like a stock pot full of water. And then you put your food into vacuum bags or you can even use Ziploc bags. And you put in all the ingredients, the seasoning and everything. You drop it in and you set the temperature and you walk away and magic happens, especially with things like beef. You can put the most tough piece of beef in there you know, dial in like a perfect medium rare temperature and just leave it for hours and it'll be so, so perfectly pink and tender. It'll blow your mind. So give these things a shot. I'm just saying. Now, the other thing that I want to talk to you about is something else that you should probably be doing right now while you're in quarantine. Now, in a minute, we're going to have on a very special guest She is Teresa Wall. She's the Senior Director of Marketing Communications for the Napa Valley Ventners, And man, have they got a lineup of virtual events and opportunities like nothing I've seen. I've been talking about these for weeks now, but boy, have they got it dialed in. And we're going to talk about some really, really cool things that they're doing. But I also want to talk to you for just a minute about your vacation. Now, I know that things seem pretty hopeless, but I like to think of myself as the eternal optimist, the bluebird of happiness. And I just want to say that this too shall pass. And life eventually is going to get back to some kind of normal And yeah, we're going to be taking vacations again. And I don't think it's going to be that far off. And I think we can be safe and we can travel. But one of the things that is very clear to me is that you should strike while the iron is hot. I'm not saying get in your car or get on a plane and go off on a trip. You can't really do much of that anyway. But start thinking about five or six or seven or eight months down the road. Because if you'll do that, you can score some travel deals Like, you just can't imagine. You know, I know probably money is very tight for most people because this has been uh, horrifically terrible on all of our bank accounts. But supposing that you're surviving okay, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that if you want to take a dream vacation, you want to go off to any of the wonderful wine countries that exist either in the United States or beyond. You want to take a vacation that you probably couldn't have afforded before, you can now. The airfare in particular is just incredibly low. I have been monitoring it now for the last couple of weeks, and I am just stunned at how inexpensive it is to fly Any place, and I'm not kidding. You can go to many, many locations in Europe, in Asia, for as little as $300, $400 for sure round trip. I mean, we're talking about tickets that used to be $1,200 or $1,500, and they're just giving them away. Now, I know some of these places may or may not be safe, so you know you have to. Use good judgment and think about what it's going to be like whenever you want to travel four or five months from now. But here's the really good part. Let's say that you fork out a couple hundred bucks for an airline ticket and, you know, things don't change or they worsen, God forbid. All of the airfare that you buy right now is refundable. And that's one of the things, the cool things that the airlines are doing is they're just making sure that you don't take an unnecessary gamble. So They're not going to keep your money. So you can book a trip and you can book it for a fraction of what you would normally have to pay and If things don't work out, you can get your money back. Now, hotel accommodations are a little bit different. I will tell you that I haven't dug as deep as I would like to into hotels, and I plan on doing that before next week's show. But I can tell you for sure that there are all kinds of incentive programs that are popping up, and there's going to be more of them. And you know, basically what they are are deals where you can buy credits for hotels and use them later on, and the way it works, for instance, with one of the programs called Hotel Credits. Porter and P O R T E R and S A I L. They've got a bunch of really, really awesome, awesome hotels that they've put together all over the world. Some of them are in wine countries. So I'll tell you about one in just a second. But what they've got going on is let's say a hotel room is $300. If you buy the credits ahead, you can get it for $200. If it's $400, it might be 250 But it's just astonishing the deals that they're offering. And there are other deals out there. You got to hunt around for it. I-, I will tell you that because... They're not as easy to find as the deals on airfare. But if you're flying from any of the major cities in the United States and you want to go to any of the wine countries in the United States, we're going to be talking about Napa in just a second, I have found flights from just about any place for $300 or less. And I will tell you for absolute certain that it is generally speaking, it is generally speaking going to be closer to $200 round trip. Where are you going to find that, right? So definitely if you're as pent up as I am and you you feel like you're crawling the walls, this is a good time to start planning ahead because you and your better half, whatever, you can plan a terrific trip. And as far as the hotels are concerned, I think that you're best to go through sites like Travel Zoo. They have really the best deals that I have found. But, you know, Hotels.com and Priceline and others, they really do have some good deals there as well. But I think that the really particularly good deals are the ones that are going to come by you calling the hotel and asking them, hey you know, I'm going to be traveling in November of this year, or December. What kind of deal can I get? Because I guarantee you, especially the hotels that are independent are going to have deals and all you got to do, all you got to do is ask. All right, we're going to break right here, but we're going to talk about, you know, great opportunities in Napa Valley right now that are virtual, but we'll also talk about future travel in Napa. And and I want to end this particular thought by saying, obviously, don't travel if it's not safe. But You can definitely make arrangements and score some great deals. You may or may not be able to use them. You will get your money back. And it really makes sense for you to do that now, even if it's in, you know, March of next year. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters in just a second.
0: David is back, and from the look of things, he's as revved up and as ready as a rodeo bull with an unwanted cowboy on his back. Hmm, bad metaphor. After all, the chances of keeping your wine in the glass while a bull is trying to 86 you from the party are slim to none.
1: And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and now really, really pleased to welcome to the show Teresa Wall. She's the Senior Director of Marketing Communications for Napa Valley Vintners. This is a very important organization in the Napa Valley. And Teresa, first of all, welcome to the show. And second of all, you've got your work cut out for you.
2: David, it's a pleasure to be on here with you today, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Okay, so
1: first of all, you're working from home, right?
2: I am. I'm working from home in the Beautiful Napa Valley. I couldn't be more blessed than to be here and experiencing all the pleasures of living in Napa Valley, even while at home.
1: Hey, you've been there for a long time, Teresa. 12 years?
2: Absolutely. 12 wonderful years.
1: Dream job.
2: It is a dream job. I tell people that all the time. I know all the wineries in the community. I represent this amazing valley, and I am proud every single day I get to go to work.
1: Okay, so what is it like being in the Napa Valley with, no, you know, no traffic, little or no tourism. It's got to be very surreal. You know, and I know you live and die by tourism, but at the same time, it can take a while to get from one end of the valley to the next. I got to imagine these are strange times there.
2: Well, you know, normally at this time of year, traffic would lighten up anyways. And so this is a little bit like it would typically be right before the return to the busy season when we will be welcoming back guess. But at this time I think most of us are staying at home quite a bit. And so, you know, I see traffic here and there when I'm coming to and fro, but it certainly traffic has lightened up, but it's about typical for what you would see.
1: Okay, now I'm down in the Paso Robles wine country and, you know, it certainly is much quieter here. But something that I have noticed is that there are people that are coming to visit that are, I think, just trying to escape the city and, you know, feeling very claustrophobic, uh, having been shut in for a long time. Are you seeing any of that? Uh, You know, people that I know, obviously, they can't do much at the wineries, but do you have a sense that maybe some people are coming, for instance, from, you know, the Bay Area and just going for a pleasure cruise? What do you think?
2: You know, I don't think I've seen folks driving around just to drive around. Anytime I've been in my car, I really see single sets of people. And I would imagine that if we had tourists here in the valley, you would certainly see more than one person in a car. So I think it would be hard pressed to say that we have people who are cruising here just to see the scenery.
1: Okay, well, (laughs) that's a good reason for me to come up there right now, then. Anyway, exactly.
2: Well, you know, if people are looking for a scenic drive, certainly they can't do any better than coming up and driving up and down our roads.
1: Let's back up for just a second. And if you could just give me an overview of Napa Valley Vintners, how big is the organization and just kind of a rundown on all of the things that you do?
2: So the organization, we represent 550 wineries who are members of our organization. And we were founded in 1944 by seven founding members. And I would say that one of the most key components that we serve to this valley is the opportunity to bring everyone together. And I think think that's something that really helps Napa Valley to shine and sets us apart from a lot of other regions is that camaraderie and that sense of coming together and a really tight-knit community that we have developed here. Outside of that, you know, our main mission is to promote, protect, and enhance our valley, which means that we do a lot of marketing efforts to tell people our story. We certainly represent our wineries and advocate what's best for them, and we also provide a lot of resources for our members.
1: Yeah, so it's as much an organization that helps the wineries, assist the wineries internally uh, as it would be to advocate for them to the general public then?
2: Uh, Correct, yeah. Our goal, our overall mission to help promote the the valley itself and to help our wineries tell their individual stories as well as act as a resource to anyone who is looking for information about the valley.
1: Hey, just curious you talked about founding members I'm guessing those are some pretty big names if if we're going back to the 40s.
2: Yeah, 1944, so there was um, Robert Mandavi, Louis Martini, definitely some key people in the industry at that time. But really, you know, the reason why they founded this organization and something that still holds true today is that truly they wanted to get together. They wanted to have lunch. They wanted to share knowledge. And I think that's something that carries forward um, still today with our 550 members. I, I sit in conversations all the time with our winery members who are very willing to share knowledge with one another. And it's amazing to see more than 75 years later we still hold true to that founding foresight of our members
1: what i think is really amazing is that if you spend any amount of time in the napa valley and you know true for sonoma true for uh, paso robles as well the, the big superstars in the wine industry who are every bit as big a names as in you know, celebrities in television and movies but it's the wine industry equivalent you can walk into a casual coffee shop or restaurant and see them dining there and and I mean, there's such regular people as compared to the Hollywood celebrities, very approachable. And, you know, I always like to remind people that many of these people, they're farmers at heart, you know, and the celebrity that they may have because their name is on bottles that find their way all over the world is not necessarily something that they aspired to as much as just wanting to get their wine out in as many places as they can.
2: Well, I often say this about the wine industry is that you will never meet a more passionate group of people who all come to this industry for the same reason, which is a passion for producing amazing wines and wanting to be part of something special, which is producing um, amazing wine. I got my start in the industry working in a wine shop in Houston. And the reason why I wanted to join the wine industry was that I'd never encountered as many happy people as I did in that wine shop. All the salespeople who came in, all the customers who came in, the people I worked with. And I thought, wow, this is what I want to do. This is the industry I want to be in.
1: Well, wine is kind of happy juice. <laughs> God, it, it is. Yeah. got to admit it, that, right?
2: That I, I worked in advertising and I got to tell you, it was, a, it was a lot less exciting talking about mac and cheese than it it is talking about wines of, of all different flavors and varieties.
1: Well, I am into that. I uh, ran a marketing firm for most of my life and I can tell you, I am so glad to be out of that. Selling stuff that you don't necessarily believe in, but wine is something that you can really get behind and get excited about so we're going to take a little break, Teresa, and then we're going to come back and talk about the sort of newfound passion that your members are throwing into the new world. I hate this thing, this, uh, you know, the the new reality, but it is what it is, you know, but they've had to reinvent themselves very quickly. They've done a great job, and I am really just amazed at the number of, quote, virtual tastings that are going on among your members. So we're going to climb into that subject next
2: All right. I look forward
1: to it. All right. We've got on Teresa Wall. She's Senior Director of Marketing Communications for Napa Valley Vintners. Boy, talk about a really amazing reinvention feat that they have done there. And it's really turned out to be a whole lot of fun, uh, given the miserable circumstances that we're in right at the moment. Hey, and while you're listening to our important announcements, uh, please, if you've got a cell phone on you or if you're at your computer, uh, take a minute and join the mailing list at grapeencounters.com. We can keep you abreast of a lot of other things that we're doing outside of the show. We'd love to have you join the mailing list and also our Facebook group page. Just go to Facebook, look for the group page for Grape Encounters and sign up there. We'd love to have you as a member of our group. We'll be back with more Grape Encounters right after this.
0: Three times an hour, we pause for a couple of minutes so that we can pass the microphone over to the wonderful people who support our weekly wine conversations. They make this show very special, so please give them your undivided attention. If you don't, we may decide not to share the good stuff with you. We'll be back before you know it. back with more grape encounters hey please do us an enormous favor and like us on facebook it's the very best way to learn about other opportunities that we may not share on the broadcast also join our mailing list on grapeencounters.com listeners on our contact list receive some exclusive opportunities become an insider enough said here's your wine captain david wilson
1: Well, I have to admit that after, I think I'm now nine weeks uh, working uh, by myself. I am in my studio because we are considered to be, that is, broadcasters are considered to be essential businesses. So I can go to work, but I'm going to work by myself. And it gets a little lonely, so I'm glad I get to talk to people like Teresa Wall. She's the uh, Senior Director of Marketing Communications for Napa Valley Ventures. They go back to the 40s and include some of the biggest names that you will ever see in the wine industry. And Teresa, you're working from home too, but you guys have really put together an amazing lineup of activities and events among your members. Can we dig into that a little bit? And But first, I, I kind of want to jump into the whole concept of virtual tastings, because as much as I like the concept, the way that some wineries, and I'm not necessarily talking about Napa wineries, but just around the country, the way that some are executing it, eh, it not so great. You know, some of them, you got to be careful, I think, if you're going to jump into it. I think the Napa I, wine, winers are more I, sophisticated, but but some of them that I've seen are just kind of super boring.
2: I think you got to give everybody credit, though. And that, I think, is a point that uh, is, is missing, is that they can't get better until they get started. And so well, the first true. step in this virtual experience world is to put yourself out there. And I have to tell you, I have never been more proud of our wine community than I am uh, at, at seeing how they have put themselves out there. And it's got to yeah. be an uncomfortable feeling uh, to do it for the first time. So I imagine that as this keeps going, you know, we'll check back in on this, uh, you know, another year or two down the line. And these guys are going to be experts at what they do virtually.
1: Well, you know, I liken it to, you know, my profession. It took a long time before I felt comfortable behind the microphone. And, you know, suddenly these winemakers who, as we were talking about earlier, they're farmers at heart. Now they're becoming broadcasters, essentially, uh, you know, sitting there in front of a, you know, webcam. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if anybody that thinks it's easy to talk to nobody, you know, has never done yeah, it because well, it's not easy. It's hard.
2: I think that sometimes people forget that um, – um, really what you're looking at uh, like you've said they're farmers they're also they're they're small family-owned businesses is what these wineries are it's the majority of what Napa is made of is small family-owned businesses and you know they're showing resiliency by trying everything they can right now right yeah. uh, to connect with their current consumers to put themselves out there reach new people and um, of course to you know make um, a few sales but i don't think that's what virtual tastings is is all about it's it's not necessarily about the the sales.
1: Well, so here are the things that that I find just a little off putting, and I you know, and I don't mean to be. Well, I'm just playing the devil's advocate here for a second because if we're going to improve this way of communicating, then there are certain things I think that kind of be need to be fine tuned and the, the first is this don't talk over your audience because it happens so much that I've seen several I've watched a lot of them where we're getting into so much minutiae about wines that a lot of the people that are watching aren't even tasting and so it gets lost I think on some of the consumers it's a little easier if the and better if the people who are watching also have purchased the wines and they're drinking those very same wines while they're Sitting there, it's more easily digestible. I think, no pun intended. But if you're, you know, ju- if you're just talking, yeah, about- I th- go ahead.
2: I think that they're they're figuring it out. Like you said, it's not easy yeah. to put yourself on camera. And the things I've heard from our wineries is that they're already trying. They're already figuring out what is working and what isn't working. I'm and- sure. Um, their biggest concern is that the consumers have an enjoyable experience. And right. so, uh, you know, some people have found that having more than one person on um, their side of the camera is helpful to create that dialogue and conversation. Sometimes Absolutely. they have guests on, um, you know, they're, they're trying all kinds of things. And um, some of these are more of what I would call experiences than just tastings.
1: So some of these that I I've really enjoyed are when the winemaker, And the winery owners start talking recipes and they they, could because people who are into wine are generally into food. And that's something that, you know, when they start sharing their recipes and the things that they love and bringing on uh, chefs. I know a number of uh, the wineries that are doing virtual tastings that are members of Napa Valley Vintners are, are are bringing on chefs and talking up food. And that's something I can sit at home and I can write that down. And I, I just got a recipe from a famous winemaker. That's cool. I like that. I also like when they take the camera and they walk around with it and they they give you a private tour. That's so much fun because you can't really get that opportunity during the height of the tourism season. You're not going to – these people are busy. And you're not going to get a tour by the boss. And I think that's a wonderful thing. What say ye?
2: Well, I think that for most people, they would never have the opportunity to meet some of these owners and winemakers. So when you come out to taste, you may not necessarily have that opportunity. And this virtual experience world really opens that up for consumers to have a direct connection with these owners and winemakers. And you're right, there are a lot of people who are putting themselves out there. The Sejas are hosting Taco Tuesdays every single Tuesday and sharing some of their um, home recipes. You've got um, Lang and Reed, a second generation. They're in their kitchen cooking and they're um, absolutely as adorable as can be. Sometimes their kids pop in and and help them with the cooking.
1: That's uh, something I've seen a couple of times where the kids just pop in. And we've Mm -hmm. even even seen that on television with late night shows where, you know, they're, they're broadcasting from home and then the kids come in or the dogs come in. The intimacy that we're able to experience is really something to behold,
2: I think. You know, uh, somebody said to me, we've never been more vulnerable than we are sitting here in our uh, our own homes and showing them to the world. Tell
1: me some more of the experiences that you think are standouts.
2: So uh, Andy Schweiger, he's a great personality, and I see that he has been pairing up with musicians around the country. And what I really love about that is it's a similar story from both sides. So they are um, small musicians trying to get their name out out there. He's a small winery trying to get his name out there. And um, they're doing it together. They're sharing their networks with one another and having a good time on camera. Uh, I think they're doing a great job. Um, Julie Johnson from Tres Sabores is hosting people on um, her, I think it's Instagram Live every Tuesday. Um, you know, Jean-Charles Boisset of course uh, is the life of the party just about any time <laughs> you see him around. And so I know he's been on camera a lot, which is very natural for him.
1: I just went on record last week saying that Jean-Charles Boisset is the single most colorful person in the wine industry in the world. Period. He's the most flamboyant. (laughs) You can't, I don't know who you could name that would be more flamboyant than him. And to have an opportunity to watch him do his thing is just, it's heartwarming because he's got that French accent. He dresses and tuxes a lot, but he's probably the most down to earth person you're ever going to meet. If you're in a room with 500 people and Jean Charles, And you meet him for the first time. You come back two years later. He'll remember your name.
2: I I agree with that statement and uh, makes you feel like you're the only person in the room when he's engaging with you.
1: Isn't that right? He and I have danced. He and I have danced together, Teresa.
2: (laughs) I don't doubt that.
1: He made me crawl across the carpet with him. He said we were going to lick the curtains. I did not do that.
2: So. Well, I think anybody who meets Jean-Charles walks away with a lifetime memory, that's for sure.
1: I know uh, Karen McNeil, author of The Wine Bible. And
2: yeah, kidding. so she's partnered up with quite a few of our wineries. Uh, I know um, Groth. she's working with Groff to um, host a tasting. Um, Karen, Karen, I don't know if you know, folks know, but she's uh, a native here in Napa um, now. It's amazing to have her in our valley, and so she definitely knows quite a few of our um, vintners and has uh, Matt with them. Um, we also have, you know, from the restaurant side right here in our community, we also have um, a gentleman named Matt from Complan. Matt Stamp. He's a master sommelier and he's been doing some um, virtual tastings. Um, so, you know, everybody's getting in on the game. Uh, I, I think uh, we, we're, we're, there are a lot of things to pick um, from out there and some amazing experiences being offered by our wineries.
1: Well, the reason that I wanted to have you on was because I came upon the Napa Ventners website and you have done a Tremendous job of putting together a comprehensive list of all of these experiences in a very digestible form. You just go to napaventners.com. You're going to recognize the names of wineries that you love that are doing these very intimate things. Talking to Teresa Wall, Senior Director of Marketing Communications for Napa Valley Ventners. And so, Teresa, you're going to stick with me?
2: I am firmly planted right here in my living room in front of my computer. Talking to
1: you, you know. People tell me that they're doing my interviews in jammies or whatever. The
2: coolest thing I've got going on is that I've got my dog here with me today, and
1: oh, that's awesome. My dog is three feet away, little Henry. We'll be back with more grape encounters.
0: We've got to take a breather for a minute or two. Don't go away. Remember, if we don't let the wine breathe, it's impossible for the show to be done in good taste.
1: We're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and my guest Teresa Wall, Senior Director of Marketing Communications for Napa Valley Vintners. And do you never get tired of wine, do you ever?
2: No, definitely not. <laughs> Sometimes
1: I gotta have a beer.
2: <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, in, ty- in terms of drinking it, I don't know. I, I, you know, I love everything about our valley and all the people who are here. So uh, well, that's what I love.
1: But anyway, Teresa, we were talking about the virtual tastings, and I want to make sure that people know where to find this. You're going to find it at Napa. Vintners.com, correct? That's the place to go.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely. And you would go to our events section. Right. Right now, there are 60. Upcoming virtual experiences listed on our website. So, wow, yeah, on any given week, you'll find um, at least that many.
1: You know, and and I want to make a point here there are different types of these virtual experiences. A lot of them give you the opportunity to order wine and then you'll have it there and you can taste the wine along with the winemaker or whoever's conducting this tasting. There are different experiences, for instance, cooking experiences or just education about wine. But the the thing that I I do want to caution people is that some wineries do a better job of getting that information out there that go online, buy the wines, we'll get them to you in many cases just overnight. Make sure you do this well in advance, right? Because if you don't, you're going to miss out.
2: It's a lot more fun to have the wine when talking about wine, isn't it?
1: It, Well, yeah. Sometimes I just pretend and I open up a course. (laughs) No, that's not true. So anyway, yeah, you know, that's one thing is, you know, Book them in advance. I know you've got your calendar goes out fairly far, doesn't it? As far as events are concerned,
2: it does. Yeah, people booked their um, virtual experiences well through June, um, and even further on. Uh, they're offering private tasting experiences where you can get together with your friends and organize it well in advance, as well as some very well-known wine brands where um, you might even have access to those uh, wines at your local retail store and can certainly hop on a Friday happy hour. Do
1: you- do you have a sense, Teresa, of how many of these events have the capability for the viewer to interact?
2: Um, I think definitely the private tastings or the semi-private tastings. I um, uh, participated in one with Brasswood in Napa, and you could certainly um, interact directly with the winemaker. Um, in terms of some of the ones that are more you know, on, on Instagram Live and, and whatnot, you can certainly um, have some sort of interaction but um, it's more of the, the one-on-one tastings where you're going to get that yeah. uh, that personal connection. Uh,
1: yeah, before. and those are going to be experiences that you'll never forget. Before we uh, end the show today, the thing I really want to go back and talk about, I talked about it in the first segment before Teresa came on, but I'm going to say it again. Book your travel. If you want to go to wine country, book it right now. You can buy airfare to any place, you know, not just Napa Valley. If you want to go to Europe or any place, book your travel right now. As an example, I've seen round trips to Paris for a couple hundred bucks. You can get across, if you're on the East Coast and listening to us, and you want to come to to Napa, you could probably do it for $150 if you book it right now. Now, they're not going to give you a seat choice, by the way, at those prices, but they're not going to put anybody in the middle seat for a long time. So, (laughs) isn't that cool, right? So book it now because it's going to be, it's totally refundable. And I don't know, Teresa, you and I talked offline about accommodations there in the Valley. They can be expensive, pricey. We're not really sure what kind of discounts are being given at this point. That's something that I've got to dig into. Any thoughts on that?
2: Well, right now I know that hotels are not even taking reservations really until past June, and they are definitely look forward to welcoming guests when it is safe to do so. We are waiting for our local and state health officials to tell us that it is going to be safe to have guests back. And uh, when they are able to welcome guests back, wineries and hotels. I know that they are working on their health and safety protocols right now to make sure that guests have a good experience and a safe experience. I think that um, there's going to be a certain segment of uh, the population who will be ready to um, get back out there. And I think there will be a larger segment of the population who will want to explore their own backyards. And so certainly we we know that some of our first guests will probably be um, number one locals and then looking at um, Bay Area and the rest of California. And then there will be those small segments of people who are willing to come further.
1: And one uh, last thought I would throw out there is I know that the way that tastings work at wineries is going to change, at least for the foreseeable future, that when they do open that back up, it's not going to be everybody crammed up at the bar. And I think that's a good thing, frankly, because that's something I hate about going to tasting rooms is, you know, everybody kind of, you know, pushing up to the bar. I I got a feeling that it's going to spread out onto the patios and things. Things like that to give us all more space, and that's something that absolutely—that's that a positive
2: part of the protocols that we will be um, yeah. putting in place in our community. And one of the recommendations we put forward is um, absolutely by appointment only, limited number of seatings spacing apart all the um, normal, uh, you know, sanitation requirements, but also just making sure that the health and safety of our guests um, and our employees is the first priority. So um, considering every single touch and every single interaction and, um, will and, be of the highest standards. And,
1: and spitting's not going to be permitted.
2: Absolutely. Know. <laughs> you know, I think it will be permitted, but it'll be in disposable cups. That's you may exactly not have right. a no Napa Valley yeah. chalice, but, you know, you'll definitely have a Napa Valley cup. You
1: know what? It's going to be different, but it's going to be, in a lot of ways, it's going to be better. We- I think
2: it's going to be um, great because I think everyone is going to want to seek out um, being with people and experience, you know, getting out of their homes and, um, just getting out there and connecting. Yeah. And I know our wineries are looking forward to connecting with folks as well.
1: All right. Well, Teresa, I sure appreciate you coming on and enlightening us and also appreciate, I know you guys are working so hard to assimilate this information and get it out. And that's the really cool thing is experiences that you never could have had if you're in another part of the country without traveling to Napa, you can have right now. So jump in, have a great time, uh, make the most yeah, And of- the
2: good news is that they'll keep these going. We've heard from our members that they're really enjoying it and they're enjoying connecting with folks. So um, definitely these virtual experiences will keep going for quite some time to come.
1: I'm going to really dig in the next couple of weeks and I'm going to give a best virtual experience award.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like it and I hope it's from Napa.
1: All right, Teresa. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Teresa Wall, Senior Director of Marketing Communications, Napa Valley Ventners. Thanks,
2: David. It's been a pleasure.
1: It's NapaVentners.com where you can find all these terrific experiences. So go there and just flood their website by linking to these different experiences and booking them and having some fun. We'll be back here next week with more Grape Encounters Radio. Uh, Teresa, I so so appreciate it. A lot of great information. And we'll be back here next
0: week. Thanks, everybody. Well, this episode of Grape Encounters is in the bag. It's hard to imagine you haven't missed some episodes. So why not hunt them down at GrapeEncounters.com? or on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and other podcast sites. Grape Encounter Studios are located in beautiful Atascadero, California. That's Central Coast wine country, baby. Come visit us, but be warned, you won't want to leave. That's okay, we have a spare bedroom. But it's 55 degrees and full of old bottles.